Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Michelle Mission presents an all top five special. Top five, top five. Who's your top five? This is our top five. This is our top five of the Michelle <laughs> Mission. <laughs> uh, my name is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. And tonight, I am joined by the show mission co-producer, who I will allow to introduce himself to all of you missionaries out there. What's up, missionaries? Uh, this is uh, Mo Poplar. Uh, I guess I, I I do have a triple desi- designation. My des- designation was what? Uh, Paul Robeson. Triple. Paul Robeson triple. That's what. Because uh, he he he's deep and he gets around. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm curious about that because I've found that when old guests of mine from back in my Black Tribbles days come on to like the Me Show Mission or they come on to other shows that I do, I, I find that they always give their triple designation. And like they, they don't have to. Like I just do it because I've kind of become known as Bat Tribble. People call me Bats or Len or some people still call me by my my old rap name crews and stuff like that. But people seem to fall into the, their triple designation. It does it, even though, you know, the black triples ended two years ago, it does it still mean something to you like that Mo? Well, first and foremost, this is your house. And when you came in, you took off your shoes. So I took off my shoes. <laughs> you gave your triple designation. So I gave my triples designation. I got you. And if you had given your rap name, I would have given my, What's your rap um, name? What's your rap name? Come on now. Um, see, if I gave a rap name, then you would expect me to rap, and then we would all be embarrassed. <laughs> I, <laughs> I gave my rap name, and I haven't said a, I haven't said one rhyme on the Michelle Mission, and I doubt that I ever will. Nobody wants to hear that old smoke. Right. Uh, my rap name was uh, Master Mo, in as much as I rapped. Master Mo. Yeah. Wow. Wow, why do why do you I know, back back when people went and got t shirts with the old English letters on the back? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that, that that's that's what my So my you had Master Mo on the back of yours? I did. Was it a black was it a black t shirt or was it a white oh, t shirt? It was it was black with felt letters. Come on now. Black was the legit. felt there you go. Was it was the felt white or red? Was it red? It, oh the, the felt was white. It was white. Some people got some people got white and red, but um That's true. That cost that cost extra. That did. That did. <laughs> and my mama only gave me so much money to be, uh, <laughs> to be, um, you know, frivolous. So nice. Um, yeah, that was that was that was me. I uh, was at a thing the other day, and I saw a child do a um, jump down on the floor and do the centipede, and my back suddenly hurt because <laughs> there was a time I did that, and then there was a time many years after that I tried to show off that I could. And um, I should have stopped while I was ahead. Mm, should have stayed in your uh, um, cocoon. <laughs> yeah. Um, at, at this age, we I, I do better being dignified and graceful and telling stories about what I did, not try to show people. Yeah, not trying to <laughs> relive the glory years. Oh, trust me, bro. Oh, trust me. Trust me. I, I might hear a, a fat beat and I'll just let that beat ride. I just, I won't do nothing with it. It's like play at your own risk comes on and all of a sudden, like you, you, you are here going on your heels and toes, <laughs> you know, flipping around the floor. 
Ah, ah. So we're here, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to bring you a very special all top five edition of the Michelle Mission tonight. Uh, Vince could not be here. Um, as you are watching this, Vincent and I are live at Bryn Mawr Film Institute here in Philadelphia for a screening of A Warm December. We were scheduled to try and bring you a our review of a warm December, but Vince is Vince like had a crazy, crazy, mad busy weekend. Um, and he was just on E so he had, he had to tap out, but fortunately Mo was here and said, yo, I'm down. And I was like, yo, cause I want to do a top five show. And he said, let's make it happen. So we are making it happen. And, and hey, you know what Vincent would hate? What? A top five. Show. Oh, he would hate. He hates. <laughs> he, he, he barely deals with the top five list. He tolerates one top five. Yes. A whole show, show. He would not be down with at all, at all. So um, I appreciate Mo stepping in for this. For those who don't know, um, Mo Popular, a.k.a. Maurice Popular, longtime fan of my old show, The Black Tribbles, which is where we met and became friends and now has gone on to become a co-producer here on the Michelle Mission, as well as a co-producer on our new podcast, the class of 1989, our new documentary podcast series that you can find on all of your favorite podcast um, directories is up there right now. New episodes start on March 6th. Um, so go and subscribe and follow the class of 1989 so that you do not miss one episode of that cool series where we are looking at six films from that year that changed an industry and a culture forever. What's a documentary podcast, man? Documentary podcast, Mo, is one where Vince and I sit down with a number of industry talking heads and discuss their views on these films. It's kind of like a nice little like lesson plan on these great films and we sit down with we sit down with noted film critic tim cogshell we sit down with a noted cinematographer michelle crenshaw we sit sit down with mayori holmes of the black star film festival um we also sit down with the legendary and iconic actor producer director bill duke as well um it is a very cool series that w- that we put together um mo was very instrumental in in working with vince and i all of last year on the class of 1989 um it was a 12 month project of love that we are very excited for you to get a taste of when the new episodes drop uh next week next on uh, march 6th wow it's about time. I know. God knows. Time. God knows. You just don't, y'all just don't know. We just don't know. We're, we love it. We're excited for y'all to hear it, but we are so happy to be on the other side of the class of yes. 1989. <laughs> it was a good time. It uh, wouldn't Yes. Are. All right. Oh. So tonight, though, 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are bringing you all night long. Maurice and I, we got some fun top five. So let's get started and let's get started in style. Top five. Who's your top five? All right, Mo, you are our guest, so I'm going to let you go with your first top five list here on our all top five special. What you got for the people? This is my top five musicians I'd love to see direct a film. Oh, top five musicians you want to see direct. So they haven't direct a film, directed a film yet. Correct. Okay. Um, yes, they have not directed a feature film yet. Okay. All right. Cool. Number five. So, well, wait a um, minute. Why do you want to see the singers direct films? Um, I have seen um some musicians um, move from music to acting, mm-hmm. and to sometimes greater or less effect. It's very true. I have seen um musicians move from in front of the mic to behind the mic and produce. Yes. Yes. And I think sometimes, especially in the black community, music is the first, it's, it's the easiest step in a direction of trying to be creative. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm from Oakland, California. Um, it doesn't really take long for everybody to know that if they hang around me. Um, and, our native son, Boots Riley, started off as a rapper. That's true. And came out with an amazing film, Sorry to Bother You. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was very much a project that you could go and see whether you liked his music or not. Yeah, a lot of people don't even know that he was a, a rapper with the group The Coop. That's right. And... um you know, in that way, he had a vision for a thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think he's alone. Okay. So, All right. So top five singers who you would like to uh, see. Musicians, musicians. Musicians. Musicians, excuse me, who you would like to see as directors. Who you got for number five? Number five um, is somebody who I have much affection for. Um. And I think a lot of people sleep on him okay. as an MC. Okay. But uh, uh, um, dude got flavor. He's out there. Okay. He he. Some people say he's a little crazy, but he's somebody who I absolutely believe would have vision. Karis one. Five, no. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> My number five is CeeLo Green. CeeLo. CeeLo Green. Okay. Okay. Hmm. CeeLo Green is a producer. He is a a, a rapper. He's a singer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um he 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 writes lyrics and songs for people. He's a songwriter. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I think he would have an amazing vision. Um, he hasn't done anything to encourage this, but he's just interesting. Yeah. Cause I'm trying to think like, has he, 
He definitely. I mean, he's the man that definitely he's has been his- in movies. Yeah, he's been in movies, and he is a guy that has his own look, his own vibe. Uh-huh. But I'm trying to think. I I don't like. I've never seen him him do anything like super visual before. But that's interesting. It'd be interesting to see his eye. Okay, all right. I'm with yeah. that, CeeLo. All right, who's next? Um, my number four is from right down the street from CeeLo. Um, somebody who I think might have. He he might be on some people's list already. Okay, and uh, he's a MC who I would venture to say would put his back into showing us something that we weren't expecting, and it would be interesting if we liked it or not. Okay, okay, <laughs> and that's Andre three thousand. Andre three thousand. I figured you were going to go with Andre. Definitely an eclectic brother. A brother who moves to his, the rhythm that is plays alone solely in his head. Um, he, he, I think he got bored with rap music, and I can almost appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Seeing some of the places rap music has been the last twenty years, mm-hmm. um, he got into acting, and I think, I think. He got into acting at a time when people wanted him to be the next hit, mm-hmm. you know, and the stakes were high and I don't know that he necessarily delivered. No, uh, Yeah, um, I, I would say that he did not. But I think he would study the craft and definitely come with something interesting. See, I hear you. Whether on, you liked it or not. I hear you on that, but I would have thought the same thing with him as an actor. And I didn't think that he showed anything as an actor in the times that I've seen him. Right. So that's, that, that's the only thing that would give me a little bit of pause from him as a director. I think that he might have an interesting eye. Um, I could see him being a producer, putting the thing together. I just don't know if I see him being able to get behind the camera and pull together a cohesive story and get acting out of other people. I don't even know from if what he's, I if he's from what like I hear, that. the Hey Ya video mm-hmm. was his was his vision. Okay. And and from what I hear, nobody actually had heard that song until the single dropped. Okay. And so I, I think But is there a story in it the Hey Ya video? I like I said, it would be interesting. I'm not sure you would like it. Okay. All right. He might. He might. Hey. He might be uh, pull a Boz Larman on me. So, I can see that happening. Number three. Um, my number three is maybe a little more obvious. Um, he's a person who has directed movies to great acclaim, but maybe not feature films. Um. Okay. He's somebody who. I think would absolutely put together a killer team around him and scaffold him up to be able to succeed. Okay. And uh, that would be Philly's native son, Academy Award winner, Questlove. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I could definitely see Questlove directing uh, a a feature-length feature film. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good one. That's a very good. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see that shortly from the brother. In fact, um, I heard he has a uh, another doc about uh, Oakland hometown heroes, uh, Sly Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the next documentary that's supposed to drop. But but he seems to have keys to Hollywood right now. So he does. I wouldn't be surprised if you wouldn't see him. Maybe you know test the waters, get there behind the the camera on a couple of you know, smaller sitcoms, you know, do an episode or two just to see what, see what's happening. Um, I could definitely see him doing it to be quite honest. I could see him and Tariq um, black thought Mm kind of like Mm -hmm. being like a directing team almost, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I could definitely see that. I could. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. He would definitely put the right people around him. And he would definitely succeed. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. That's a good one. No brainer. Uh, my number two uh, was kind of hard to come up with because I feel like this person falls into the same category as uh, CeeLo and Andre. Okay. Um, And I thought about taking this person out because... Uh, swag, just dripping. Mm-hmm. Vision, just dripping. Mm-hmm. Uh, knows their way around a set. Okay. Um, has hobnobbed with some of the best directors of our time. Okay. But I think Janelle Monet ah. would make a visually stunning feature film. Ah, Janelle Monet. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I could see that. I could see that. I actually could see her really growing as an actress as well. But uh, oh, absolutely. I think I think she has a lot of potential as an actress. Mm-hmm. And this is not to say that she's been bad by any stretch of the imagination to date. Um, I loved her in Hidden Figures. Uh, she is hysterical and awesome. And uh, the latest, uh, the what is it? Crystal Glass, the Broken Glass, um, Glass mm. Bird, uh, the, 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 the one with Daniel Craig, where he's a detective. Oh, oh, um, um, uh, 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 Knives Out. The knives out, knives out. Of, um, yeah. um, but it's glass onion, glass onion, glass onion. There we go, glass onion. Yes, um, yes, she's great in that. She she's great in that. Uh, she does her thing in Moonlight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think she still has a lot of potential to grow. But low key, I see her sitting in the cuts, studying the game. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of any day now. Yeah, because I think she has some stories to tell. So that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, before I give you number one, I had two. I had honorable mentions. Two curios. Okay. And the first one I struggled with because he could absolutely be number four or five on this list. I'm just not sure. But, um, Fifty Cent been directed. No. And I would like to think 
there is something deeper to this brother. Mm. Mm. I just, I just don't know if that's optimism. It's, it's, it's called deep pockets. That's what it is. No, no, no. Maybe, maybe there was a time before power hits and he's kind of like, like he's a little unsure of where he's going in Hollywood as far as an actor. Maybe there's a time then for him to get behind the camera and start directing. But because he goes into producing and he, and he hits on producing, I think that's where he stay. He stays there. He's, he's directed four episodes of television at this point. Okay. Okay. But I think, I think his strong suit is, is, is the producing. Okay. And Packaging it together. He has, uh, I think, matured into a actor with, who, who's better than some. He's, he's not what he was. Better than some what? Actors. Uh, all right, what's the name of this film? He was in a film. Actually, I don't even know if the film came out. I might have just saw a screening with him and, uh, Forrest Whitaker and Robert De Niro. Did that film actually get released? Mm, I don't. I don't know. But so you're saying he's like when he 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 had a season when he was just in these movies, mm-hmm. and you could tell he was one of the financiers. Mm-hmm. And these movies revolved around him being the smartest person. Mm-hmm. And when I saw him in a film with Forrest Whitaker, he was outwitting Forrest Whitaker and Robert De Niro. Um. And he didn't have an A game to bring acting wise. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is very self indulgent. Okay, but yeah. I hear he's that was that was that was more than ten years ago. Okay, and I hear he's gotten much better. Well, I, I would so, hope so. He's had more opportunities um, to act, so I would would expect him to grow as an actor. Um, but you know when. No matter how far he has grown as an actor, you know, we're we're coming out of the NAACP awards where Method Man just won an outstanding acting yep. award. Yep. And I'ma let you know right now, Method Man earned his award. Method Man has turned himself actually into a very good nuanced actor I, I i agree and i don't think he has had as many bites at the apple as 50 cent as had. okay so like i said honorable mention i i i won't be surprised if everybody else is surprised that 50 cent directs a good mill films okay and you said you had another one another curio my other curio um I, I I know you're going to disagree with. It is absolutely uh, fantasy casting. Okay. But I think the talented, truly undeniably talented at everything he did, Tupac Shakur could have grown into a pretty powerful director. Oh, interesting. I, I wonder if he would have wanted to direct. Oh, he wanted to do everything. Okay. All right. Um, I think the only thing we saw, the closest thing we saw to him directing was a, a, uh, a X-rated music video for How Do You Want It? <laughs> Starring <laughs> Jodeci. 
<laughs> Starring jealousy. And uh, it was very much the, uh, it was very much to be expected from, you know, a young man mm-hmm. with money to spend mm-hmm. to shoot his music video. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I've never seen the, that the uncut video. Um, I don't know that you need to. I, I, I'm not trying to. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's X-rated and it ain't even fun. Is it, so. is it really X-rated? Because they used to say that Tip Drill was X-rated and Tip Drill is not X-rated. I don't know if I saw Tip Drill. That was that's okay. The, that was um who's who's tip drill is uh what you call it? Uh, not Nas. Um what's the Southern Bull? Um No you, Luda. No, not Luda. You know exactly who it is. The board uh let's take off all your clothes. Um Oh well, Nelly? Nelly, Nelly. Oh okay. I, I knew it was an N. I couldn't bring it up, bring it up. But anyway, all right, so Tupac, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um I think he grew into a very solid actor before his passing. And, uh, you know, he seemed to very much be blown by the winds of whatever was around him, Mm. whether or not he was going to be political or uh, raunchy and ratchet. And, um, yeah, he seemed to be serious on a film set. Okay. I think it was just a matter of time that was cut too short. Okay. But my number one. Who's your number one? Musician. I'd love to see direct film. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to get no argument out of you. Is Donald Glover. Oh, that's, I mean, come on, dude. That's not, I don't even think that's a, a fair one to have at number one. Because while he is a musician, he was an actor first. Like he would, that was his world first, man. So it, that's a no brainer. That he's going but to... him being an actor and or a musician, okay, he's won awards doing both. I don't think necessarily guarantee or promise, you know, the vision that we saw in Atlanta. Okay, I mean, fair enough, but I mean, I, 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 I I'm not, I'm not looking for ice, ice cube, or ice tea. Or LL Cool J to direct anything. And I think they're all three accomplished in the acting and musical space. And they've all directed. They've all directed. Mm-hmm. I'm still not checking for it. Yeah, still not checking for their film. No. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a no-brainer. Donald Glover, I'm sure that's his next move, you know, is a feature film. Um, it, it, maybe not his very next film, very next move because he seems like a dude that deliberates over his projects and is only going to put them out there when he feels like it is ready to be seen. But I'm sure he's got more than one feature length script that he's working on and ready to make happen. So yeah, that's a, that's a no brainer. That's a good one. That's a, that's a good list. Um, That's a very good list. When you told me that that was going to be your list, I was thinking about it myself. Like if there's, and I was curious to see whether or not you would um, pull these people. Two names came to my my mind that I think would make good directors. Um, and you almost said one with Janelle Monet, but if not Jan- Janelle, I think the next step in the next couple of years for her career will be directing is Jill Scott. 
I, I think she's a, a, a good storyteller in her music. Um, and I think that she definitely would surround herself with the know-how yep. and the people to execute a very strong um, feature film de- debut. So yes. I'll be interested in seeing Jill Scott take take on those reins. And then the other one who I think will be pretty, pretty interesting to see if they could take their storytelling and actually blend it into a feature film along the lines of Andre 3000 would be Raphael Sadiq. Um, another Oakland brother. Yeah. Um, I would love to see, uh, uh, listen, I, I'm in the bag for anything he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, Jill Scott is, is a lot more curious and intriguing to me. Okay. Um, just because um, as a musician, I have loved her choices. Yeah. As an actress, I, I am still in love with uh, um, Ladies Number One Detective Agency. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. And um, that's one of the first, yeah. the first of the HBO um, black led series that only got tragically one season. Right, 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 right. So, um, yeah, I, 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 listen, give, give, give Raphael the camera. He has access to anything he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to see that too. Um, but Jill Scott. Wow. Okay. All right. Cool. What my, I, my, I have a Raphael Sadiq story. Go ahead. When I was a little kid, um, my mom's good friend had a party Mm-hmm. for uh, her daughter who had a birthday the same day as my brother's. And uh, my brother's birthday, I think we went to the local Six Flags. Okay. And we got home a little early, so we ended up at this other party. And I'm maybe maybe 11, 12. Mm-hmm. And Sinbad is finishing his set and Tony 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 gets set up in the corner of the backyard. Wow. And they and they do their thing. Wow. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. They 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 worked hard, you know, they uh came from 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 the bottoms and uh I was really glad to see both of them those acts do their thing. Dope. That's dope. That's a dope story. All right. Well thank you. Thank you for sharing that story, my brother. Okie dokie. Let- What's your list, man? I will give you my first list. And uh, let's see. Do I want to go controversial? Or do I want to go silly? Where do I want to go? Um, I don't know. Well, I'll say the controversy for the end. So I will go. This is, this is for my homie, Randy, a.k.a. Arson, the voice of reason. Uh, Our son, the voice of reason of the the uh, bluegrass the dri- hip hop band, Gangsta Grass. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Super Triple of Black Triple's fame. <laughs> this uh, is the top five black supermen. Now, what oh this my. what this is is that 
apparently at one time, according to Randy, and I, I think the internet may support him on this. <laughs> I love the doubt in your voice. Because well, I'm not sure, and I, 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 I didn't, I didn't feel the need to necessarily look it up because what I understand, it's not going to happen. But at one time, um, there was going to be an adaptation of the, a black actual Superman from DC uh-huh. Comics in their whole multiverse scheme that was going to star Michael B. Jordan. That was right. actually going to be developed into a feature film. And um, it, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And it's a shame. And it's just a project that Randy, who is a huge Superman fan, I don't know a bigger Superman fan than Randy, um, physically or actually, <laughs> um, uh, he was greatly looking forward to it. And I would have been there for it because I'm contractually obligated to watch these type of things. But I would have <laughs> never actually cast Michael B. Jordan, his physique notwithstanding, as a black Superman. I just okay. just didn't see it. So these are the actors that I would see and I would cast as my black Superman. Okay? Okay. And I'm going to start with number number one. I don't, and this is going to be controversial. Okay. Because I'm dipping into the world of sitcoms for my number one, um, much in the way that Warner Brothers years ago historically dipped into the world of comedy films for Michael Keaton and made him everybody's uh-huh. Batman uh-huh. in that magical year of 1989. Um, I am going into the world of sitcoms. You first met him and and grew to love him in Everyone Hates Chris. Now uh-huh. he is, he stole your heart a little bit in The Walking Dead before taking hold of your of your heart, everyone, in Abbott's Elementary. And that is Tyler James Williams. Oh. Who I could see Definitely has to bulk himself up a little bit, but probably would um, look forward to that opportunity to show the world that he has the demeanor, the gravitas, as well as the chops to pull off being a black Superman in a feature film. See, I absolutely would have never picked up. But he has a level of charm and charisma mm-hmm. that definitely take me back to 1980. Yes, yes. Old Christopher Reeves. Christopher Reeves, another person who had to bulk himself up for the role. But did he? Okay, well, he, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't have to bulk himself up by 2023 standards. Right, 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 right. By those um, standards, he, he bulked up. But I could see if if... Tyler James was Superman. Um, a, the internet would go crazy and hate it, dude. But I, but I think, I think we might get a good Superman. I think we. I, I absolutely think. First of all, let's be honest. Yeah, let's be honest. 
Any any man. anybody everybody bro- on this list, <laughs> the internet's going to hate. All right, they wouldn't have been there for Michael B. Jordan, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> Superman. Right, right. But you know, um, okay, you just got to go go in knowing that. Okay, so but he's my number five pick. Okay, my number four pick is another name that we've fallen in love with recently, and this guy. He definitely has the chops. He definitely has the charm. He's played a good guy. He's shown that he can play a a bit of a complicated good guy. Um, And has also shown that he can play a romantic lead when need be. And that is John David Washington, the son of one Denzel Washington. Hmm. Because the world needs, if we're going to get a black Superman, let's make him black. Yeah, I, 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 no argument there. I don't. I, I like Tyler James better, but you know, this is your list. That's this is fine. Your list. That's fine. This is your list. That's fine. I, 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 I can ride with that. I can ride with that. All right. Now, number. Where are we at? Number three? Number three. three. Number three. Black America is falling in love with this person as a complicated uh role where he's he's been a good guy, he's been a bad guy, he's got the physique, he's he's dark, he's young enough, and he's proven his chops on television and is now ready to make his move into the silver screen. And why not do it? In one of the hugest roles ever of Superman. I think he's got a bigger role right now, but continue. You don't even know, you don't even know who I'm going to. You don't even know who I'm doing. You don't even know who it is. I guarantee you don't okay. know who it is. Okay, okay. Bring I, it. I guarantee you don't know who it is. Bring it. This is and he's one of Vincent's favorite. Vince might actually co-sign on this. And that is. And I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Kofi Sirabo from Queen Sugar. I would like to see him as Superman. He would fill out the suit. Can't say the man Mm -hmm. won't fill out the suit. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Has he put on weight? I feel like last time I saw him, he was quite thin. Nah, I mean he's a big dude. He was playing a type of Superman in uh in Girl Trip, wasn't he? <laughs> he, he was. <laughs> you forgot about him in Girl Trip. You're right. <laughs> I forgot about him in Girl Trip. He might already be Superman in some people's eyes. That's correct. That is correct. Um, okay, and that is correct. So again, I see a charm in Kofi Sidibe. And Tyler James, that I don't see, and John David Washington. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I I think, I think a young Denzel would have made an amazing Superman. See, see, see. I don't. I think. Mm, I think. I don't know. I haven't seen John David there. John David strikes me. Well, he comes off moody, but that's the roles he's been he's 
I, I think I think that's the cars he's been dealt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that. but he's not he's not as moody. If you see the movie, what's the movie that he does with Zendaya on Netflix? Yeah, uh, I I haven't seen that, but <sighs> he's not. I, I, I see it. He sh- he shows he, a, a he lot was, more he was there. A little, he was a little. I guess I saw him being a little cheeky, a little mischievous, and uh, Black Klansman. Okay. Um. Malcolm and Mar- Malcolm and Marie. That's the name. Malcolm and Marie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right, I, but, but I think I, I I think you could pull it off. But look, I do like I I like Kofi as a choice. There you go. If you want to put John David at as four, and then we've got Tyler and Kofi, that's fine. I, I, I would love to see the internet light up if a Nigerian man <laughs> was cast as Superman. <laughs> That that would tickle me to know it. <laughs> me too. Me too. All right, number two. Number two. Number two. And and number two, I think, actually is maybe just a more mature Kofi. Because he's okay. got everything. He's got the physique. He's got okay. I think he I think he can exude the charm. Um He's played some roles where he's had to be a little bit one note, but I think he can. He, he has shown the charm. Hey, he actually has shown the charm in a superhero film. Only problem is that he has already appeared in a superhero film, and it was a DC film that I believe is still staying within their continuity. So that might gotcha, gotcha, um, cancel him out. But I think I think I'm tracking, picking up what you're putting down. That would be Yaya Abdul Mateen. Right. I would love to see him as Superman. Got the physique, got the charm, got the look. Got, it's already, for the most part, clean shaven, most of uh, a lot of his roles. Um, I think he could pull off a, a very, a, a slightly older Superman. I think he, he definitely skews a, a little bit older than, say, the other ones that we've mentioned so yeah, yeah. far. Yeah. What have I seen Yaya in where he was charming? I think he's, I think he's, um, he gets it over a little bit in, in Aquaman as Black Manta. Um, so I, I loved his rage. Mm -hmm. I loved his bitterness. I loved his pawn. Um, I thought Black Manta, now that we mention it, is the exact opposite of Superman. Look, little, little closer to black, little closer to Batman. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but he was also, I mean, he he was great in Black Mirror. Uh, okay, yeah, he's great in that. And I'm trying to think. I, I again, admittedly, like because Candyman and then The Matrix, he's a little bit more one note in 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 those movies. But I I want to think that the man does have the range to to pull okay. it off um okay so all right now but we're at number one we're at number one now number one has a caveat to it uh-huh this would be casting uh just like i said yaya is maybe a slightly more mature uh-huh. um kofi this is my slightly more mature tyler james <laughs> Right. But I think could bulk up 
It might be a little. He might have. To, we might have to give him a year, but he could bulk up to Superman. But I can only see him. This is a bit of stunt casting. I would cast Lakeith Stansfield as Superman only if we then cast uh, Wylan Noel, okay, who's going to be starring in the remake of A Spook Who Came By the Door, only if we cast him as Batman. I'm looking at Wylan Noel now because I don't know if I know him. He 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 was a standout. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. The cat from uh, Insecure. He was on Insecure. Um, he, he like stole the show. He stole. He stole uh, my friend Ariel's heart in in, in uh, Insecure. Um, right. But I could see his his. He got a smoke a smoky visage that I think would work under the cowl of Batman, but only beside uh, Lakeith Stansfield, who definitely can wear both sides of the hat as far as the bemused, charming, um, but intense when he has to be Clark Kent slash Superman. That's my number one sleeper choice of black Superman. He'd never do it. I don't think he, I don't think he has any interest in doing something like that, but I would love to see him try. I, I'm not in love with your list, Lynn. <laughs> you, you co- I'm, not lo- I'm not in love with your list. You co-signed with on, on two of them. I, I, I like, I like a couple of them. Can I pitch you somebody? Who? Who, would be effortless as Superman. Far too perfect wearing that cape. Okay. For anyone to deny that he was truly a superhero. Someone who would look upon most affronts to him, attacks mm-hmm. on his character mm-hmm. with bemusement who can absolutely do caring and would be hysterical with those glasses on as a nerd. Lethal Weapon 2. Mike Coulter. Mike Coulter. Luke Cage himself. I think you put that man in an S... And it doesn't take much convincing. I don't see I it. Think, I think his smile charms. Mm. I think he is so affable mm-hmm. and lighthearted mm-hmm. and optimistic. Mm-hmm. When things go bad, you start to be concerned. When have you seen him be affable? See, I don't watch... He's in that show Evil on CBS. I don't watch that. Um, most of this is from um, Luke him and then Luke Cage. I didn't see. I never. I saw. I saw a lot of black joy in that show. There was, but it him, wasn't from him. I saw him walking down the street 
in Harlem, mm-hmm. enjoying life in a way that I've never seen Lakeith Stanfield on screen enjoy life. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't, I didn't see that from my Judas culture. and the Black Messiah, right? That's that's the one where, where Lakeith was enjoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, well, he, he's good in that movie. He's very good in he's that great. movie. He's, listen, I'm not saying he's not a great actor. I'm not saying he couldn't come with a Superman that was memorable. I'm saying Mike Coulter, that, like that glass slipper just fits his fit. I don't see, I don't, I can't remember him exuding much black joy in Luke Cage. He was good, okay. but because even, because I'm not even thinking about Luke Cage. I'm thinking about when he does have an opportunity to maybe show some black joy in Defenders because he's bouncing off of the, the knucklehead they got as Iron Fist in there. And he's still, I, I'm, I'm going to really... concede that most of his black joy shows up in scenes with other women? I mean, okay, well, I'll, I'll show up with black joy if I'm doing a scene with Simone Missick. Should we all be just with your shit? I got joy for days if I'm sitting there with Simone yes, Missick. Yes, 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 yes. But um, I, 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 I'm saying he turned it on when he had to uh, in those scenes. Uh, and, Danny, and I think... Danny. Really? I think he's got it. Really? Um, I've also been in the room with the man. And at six foot and a half, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, 280 pounds mm-hmm. of swole. Um, that's Superman. No, phys- physically, I see it. I- his smile, his smile lights up a room. Physically, I see it. It's not even fair. Uh, I mean, I mean, well, quiet is kept, man. Quiet is kept. The the name I wanted to put on this list, I couldn't because he's already been cast in a DC movie and as a hero. So I know he's going to return, probably return. And that's Aldous Hodge. Aldous Hodge? Yeah. I I was waiting for Aldous Hodge. I think Aldous Hodge would do a great job, too. I think Mike Coulter is a better call. Oh, no, 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 no. You know we've established what we've established. That's your list. <laughs> we have. <laughs> we have. We've established my list. All right, let's keep it moving. Um, All right. Uh, give me another. Give me another list. All right. Uh, what 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 did I send you? Because I actually have like eight lists. Oh well, you get. Uh, I'll tell you. Well, let's let's stick to the script. I have the the first four <laughs> off of your first email. Okay. Um. So I don't know about this. The, the eight others we'll, that would have to be for top five, part two. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with the uh, five black movies that aren't black movies. Oh wow, I didn't even see that one. Okay, so five. That's not that's not on the list. Like I said. Okay, you're going off you, script. You asked me to think about this stuff, and then then I started thinking, and I was like, okay. So these are okay. black films that actually that are- aren't black films. Correct. Okay. All right. Interesting. Okay. Let's 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 hear this. All right. Um, number five. Okay. The Fast and Furious series. They aren't black movies. They got a lot of black people in them. They've got two. Because I'm not counting Vin. So, 
they, you're not, oh, well, cool. I'll see. I'm, I'm got to tell you, you got to count Vin. You know, Paris Hilton counted Vin. <laughs> I don't think Vin counts Vin. If Vin don't count Vin, then I ain't counting Vin. And I don't think he counts himself as an African-American. I think it depends on the room he's in. Um, well, in any of the movies he's been in so far, he's could not count himself as a, as a black person. What I'm saying is that these, that this film traffics in blackness. It traffics in street culture. It traffics it's, in hip hop, in hip and in hip hop, but it's street culture. Black is is street culture. Black culture. I think it sold black culture in the first and all but the Japanese one. Um, Tokyo Drift. I, I would say the first, the first three or four. Um, Tokyo Drift being an exception. Mm. Um, because well, they're not even in America. Uh, I used to live in Japan. I could give you a whole dissertation about black culture in Tokyo mm-hmm. and where it shows up in the movie. That's not this. That's we're not doing that list. Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> but this is your black film. That's not a black film. Well, you're right. Yes. It's not a black film. <laughs> um, I think it's advertised as a black film. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. It, it is. It's the cop. And the crook mm-hmm. get together and do a thing. That's how it starts. Yeah, that's the first one. Again, it's it's my number five. Okay. So the Fast and Furious series is coded as black movies, but they're actually not black films. They're actually not black films. Okay. Um, number four. Okay. The Blues Brothers. Hmm. Okay. I grew up so confused by this film <laughs> because I know what blues are mm-hmm. and I know what brothers are. Mm-hmm. And I've heard people talk about Aretha Franklin mm-hmm. and Ray Charles mm-hmm. and all of the people who show up in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then when I got my job at 16 at Blockbuster Video and I looked at the cover, I was like, oh, this must be the other blues brothers. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one John Belushi I, Dan Aykroyd Dan Aykroyd yeah it's a film that is coded as black mm-hmm. but they ain't black not at all not at all and to to be fair I don't think they're trying to be black in the movie it's coded as black I don't think they're trying to be black in the movie but I think marketing and casting wise they were doing a thing oh yeah oh no they 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 knew the 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 the, the music that they wanted to appropriate was mm-hmm. black they knew that they weren't trying mm-hmm. to cast themselves like you know like come off like you know we're we are brothers or anything like that. Right. But yes, but they are right. definitely appropriating a culture, a sound um, for the marketing and for their whole sound. That That is the Blues Brothers trade trademark. Even after John Pelushi dies and they come back with Blues Brothers 2000, whatever the super thing is with John Goodman. So, yeah. Yep. Number three. Okay. Black movie. That's not a black movie. Mm-hmm. The first... Matrix movie. The first Matrix movie 
is a black is you believe is coded as a black film, but is actually yes. not a black movie. Explain. It's not a black movie. Um, the Matrix movie. Every black person I know who came out of the Matrix movie mm -hmm. was confused. Hmm. Because the Oracle was black. Okay. Morpheus was black. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar, except for Trinity, was something. They have they were they were of color. <laughs> they were there, there was a lot of flavor going there on. Was, there was it was definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the thing that really um, stuck the landing was how white Mr. Smith was. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. He was literally the man. Yes. 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 And I think there was a whole lot of dog whistling in that movie toward blackness. Mm hmm. But it had nothing to do with blackness. That's a good one. I've I've never. I don't kneel at the altar of the the Matrix like a lot of people do, except for its changing of special effects, which you can't yeah. you can't deny. Um, so I've after my after my tenth viewing, I stopped kneeling. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I I never bent the knee, but that that read of the of the matrix is interesting because i don't know if i necessarily felt it so much in the first one because even though morpheus and the oracle the crew was so you know multicultural for the most part as well right so i don't necessarily uh -huh. know if i felt it so much there but in the second one Right, and Jada Pinkett. With Jada Pinkett and, uh, and uh, Harry Lennox. And Harry Lennox. Th that's yeah. when I started thinking, like, you know, like, yeah, is, this, is, this a, is this a thing? Yeah, because then, like, everything hinges on this this white guy, you know, who uh -huh. I, and I, I, I'm here for Keanu, but everything is hinging on him. And then, especially then when you come to the most recent, you know, sequel. Which... Which I which I haven't seen. Okay, but but because the way I see, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. I hear you. <laughs> you come out with a fourth fool, and I'm not gonna be the fool. I hear you. <laughs> but then everything, well, everything in the fourth one is, of course, revolves around Keanu. But that right. was Keanu and Trinity. You know, uh -huh. so it's the black man, it's the white man and the white woman. I was like, mm -hmm. I. I know you're trying to more, and they were really trying to just give more agency to Trinity and her and her character right, in right, the fourth right. one, so I understand what they were doing with it. But when you, if you're already looking at the first three movies through the lens that you've just seen, that then becomes a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're going with that. All right, I'm with you with that. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, that's good. That's a good one. Number two. Um one of your favorite films, uh, I would dare say of all time, featuring um, the ever-venerable um, James O. Jones, uh, Soul Man. <laughs> no, that is not a black movie. 
it's a black movie, but it's not a black movie. <laughs> no, it's not a black movie. It's not a black movie. But it's a We don't black have to movie. rehash that. Please, please don't. Listeners, if you haven't heard it, you want to hear a great episode of the show mission. Check out the Soul Man episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite reviews. <laughs> Let me just say, he's being facetious when he said one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm just, just putting it out there. I don't want that, that to live. You guys have a very interesting digression into what were the finances of James L. Jones? <laughs> James Earl Jones at the time <laughs> when he took this film. He took this role. Yeah. Just before coming to America. Mm, mm, um, mm. And uh, it'll be no surprise to you that uh, my number one black film that's not a black film. Okay. Is Pulp Fiction. Yes. Yes. I've, I've heard this. There are fewer films in the 90s that have as many N-words in them. Mm-hmm. As Pulp Fiction. Okay. You have this very, I, I would say, the career-defying role for Samuel Jackson is his jewels mm-hmm. in Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, as a mob boss, I would go so far as to say Ving Rhames is a terrific actor. I mean, he's a terrific actor, period. Um, you know, I've seen him dial it in. Have you not? Se- have you not seen Holiday Heart? <laughs> I have not seen Holiday Heart since it was on TV <laughs> many moons ago. <laughs> I did see Con Air. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And and I've seen every Mission Impossible film that he's in. Okay, now, all right, Mission Impossible. That he, he's that, that that he's that he's not in. He's just cashing oh. a check, dog. Everybody knows that. He's spending. I think. I think. I think Lucia Ball contractually obligates them to have a blackout. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a deep cut, Lucille Ball. I like where you going. Yeah. This. this is why Mo's my co-producer, ladies and gentlemen. That's a deep cut. For those who don't know, Lucille Ball produced uh, Star Trek and Mission Impossible. The original series. Part, the original series and part of her uh, conditions was that they have diverse casts. Yep. Yep. And uh, it made that first Mission Impossible film with Tom Cruise for me hard to watch. Because, <laughs> you know, if you saw the TV series and you enjoyed it, that first Tom Cruise film was kind of not Mission Impossible. No, it wasn't. Even though, to be fair, they, they've increasingly become not Mission Impossible. I mean, it's the Tom Cruise show. Yeah, so. they basically just... And listen, it's not a bad show, but you called it Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Pulp um, Fiction, Pulp Fiction. Pulp, Pulp Fiction is absolutely a film that is set in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. in Inglewood, mm-hmm. and in the Valley, where... You have this black gang who is babysitting a wayward um, killer, Vincent Vega, who had to go spend a couple months, years, we don't know. Right. In uh, Europe. Mm-hmm. Till the town cooled down. Eating his Royale with cheese. With his Royale with cheese. And uh, I think it's an interesting way to look at the film. Um, 
And to me, Sam Jackson just shines so bright in that. As not a token black guy, but like a fully developed character mm -hmm. who has a profound um, story arc. Mm -hmm. While Vincent Vega gets shot on the toilet. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But not before, you know, sharing a dance with Uma Thurman. And not before the director stepping in front of the camera and dropping some N-bombs. <laughs> Copious Cause, amount of N-bombs. Because this is his movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very true. Very true. So those are my top five mo black movies that aren't black movies. That's a good list. That's a good list. I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. It's a very interesting list. I, I enjoyed that list. You didn't like Fast and Furious, but that's okay. No, no, I didn't. I don't see it e even remotely as a black movie. I don't necessarily see the coding that you see in there. Okay, but um, it's it's neither here nor there. I I don't care. Uh, if anything, I would be if if anything of, of the Fast and Furious movies, I would be mad that there's not more um uh Latin people in there. Um, especially in the beginning. In the beginning, because I think their right, I think right. their culture is right. more the street culture that gets appropriated in, in uh, increasingly in those films. I, I I see that. I see that. Yeah. So. And I raise you, Gina Rodriguez. <laughs> okay. Nah, I mean, I'm not saying it's not there, but, but no, but she comes in later. She does. Yeah, you know. But but so that that would be my thing. Yeah, because she comes in later than Eva Mendez comes comes in later, so it, it comes in, but it's just. You know, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel is like a, he's he's like the world's biggest mutt. He don't know what he is. He he. I think he's trying to check every box for diversity's sake. There you go. All, <laughs> all right, we've got time for one more list. Okay, so do we want to go? Let's see, where do I want to go here? Um, I mean, this the couple of these are easy, and one of them is a little. Let's go for controversy. Controversy. Choose violence, Lynn. Let's go for controversy. <laughs> uh, because a lot of people have been up in up in arms about a list that has been going on a, around the internet as of late, talking about like the the top MCs. Now I'm not going into I'm not getting into a war of top MCs because uh, because. Okay. I'm not. To me, to me, MCs is like your mama's cooking, man. There ain't too many people who don't like their mama's cooking. That's very you know? true. What you were raised on is probably what you like. Right. And even if you concede there's uh, 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 skills out there mm -hmm. better than what you like, mm -hmm. what you like is still familiar. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always going to cake for E-40. You know, he talked about where I was from. And, you know... Yeah, we can, we can, you know, whatever. I'm always going to cape for Heavy D. There you go. And I know he's not the greatest. I know he's not even close to greatest. He's not top 10. He's not even, he's probably not top 20. But, but he was fun. He was fun. He'll always be a favorite and in my heart. Listen, exactly. But what I will say, though, is that there is, to me, no debate on the top five hip hop groups. And I, 
I say this because one, when you really think about it, as many hip hop groups as there have been over the 50 years of hip hop, how many of them have truly been long lasting enough within their career to say that they're even in the running to have had a viable stake as one of the best hip hop groups of all time, right? Because there's a lot of guys that after two, three albums, it, it starts petering out. They start breaking up. Um, they call these relationships of convenience. Exactly. <laughs> I want to rap, but they want a group. So let me go get my friend. Exactly. So, um, it, but I, I will say that there, it, even in the midst of happens almost always in hip hop, there are two groups whose output in the world of hip hop was so game changing and monumental that despite what may have happened a little bit further down the line, they still reside at near the top of the top five hip hop groups of all time. Now I'm going to go from five to number one, but honestly, to me, outside of number one, you can argue with five and four, their placement. Yeah. 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 Number five is the beastie boys. I'm putting the beastie boys up here because you can't, first of all, you can't knock their, you can't knock their success. You can't knock their, their blending of genres. You can, uh, uh, in in hip hop, being unapologetically who they are, they're not white guys trying to sound black when they rap. They are white guys doing their version of hip hop. They are were creative in how they put together their music. They like them and Prince Paul kind of like just showed what sampling mm-hmm. can can be done. It's not just simply just bringing a piece of what you remember, but actually playing around with it and becoming uh, musicians with that. And their their two albums, I mean, License to Ill stayed on the charts for like almost five years, dude. It's like, it's ridiculous how long that that album was a hit. Um, And admittedly, you know, the game has changed as far as albums now, but their place in hip hop, I think is cemented. Um, their videos were game changing. What's, what's their, what's their second album? The second album was, um, Oh, what was the name of it? Cause is it, is yes, it Paul's Paul's Boutique? Boutique. Yes. Yes. Which, okay. which, is, okay. which is ridiculous when you listen to it now because it's like, oh my God, where, 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 are, the, where are the tracks? Because it's bouncing all over the place. But it was so unique. It was so, so game-changing. So I'm putting the BC Boys there. And admittedly, and I know Randy Arson is listening to this, I'm putting the BC Boys here. You could probably flip them back and forth between them De La and Tribe at the number five spot. But I I, I settled on BC Boys. But if you wanted to put De La, you wanted to put Tribe, I wouldn't argue with you. All right? 
So my problem, what's your problem with the Beastie, Beastie Boys? Boys? What you got? What's, what's the problem with the Beastie it's Boys? That they are a seminal mm-hmm. rap group. Mm-hmm. That is to say, they were one of those things that uh, Russell Simmons and Rick mm-hmm. Rubin were doing. And they were coming out of New York and they filled a, vo- a void. And like, listen, License to Ill, certified mm-hmm. classic. Their album before that, and most of the albums after that, I think it's a stretch to call them rap music. Okay, man. okay, but I mean, you could say the same thing about some of some of uh, Andre three thousands stuff. You could say the same thing about PM Dawn. Like what? Like what? Uh, uh, uh I mean, okay. you could. <laughs> so there's, yeah, there's, there's, right. there's, that's 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 the all right, only thing. All right, I'd fair say. enough. Well, when you when you say longevity, when you say impact, and you say Beastie Boys, I don't put those two tags on if Beastie you Boys. Beastie Boys cracked open the suburbs, and they allowed white kids to get into rap music. And um, like, I don't resent anybody mm-hmm. for that, but them being on the charts as long as they were. Was absolutely absolutely racial. Well, violence. first of all, I I see you on they maybe cracked the suburbs and possibly they did. There's another group who I will say, I think actually really cracked the suburbs and allow and let white people and white kids get into hip hop even more so than the Beastie Boys. I'll t- talk about them when I get to them. My my next group okay. is Wu Tang Clan. And I put them on here admittedly knowing that their longevity you might argue with because how many albums did the actual clan put out, right? But uh-huh. the game changing of their of their um, uh-huh. albums, you can't knock. And they have they did what every hip hop group even before them, but certainly ever since, has tried to do. They came out as a group and then almost immediately, not all of them, but most of them had successful solo projects and careers and then then came back together. Periodically. And some of their, and, and even if the, they came back together for a collective album, but there would still be small pockets of them showing up on each other's albums, just showing that they were still yeah, a group. They, they were exactly. still a clan. You know what I mean? Exactly. So exactly. I, I have no, I have nothing to say. So about they Wu-Tang they were the they were the model for that. So right. I'm saying Wu Tang. There will be no dispute from this side. All right, Wu Tang clan. clan. All right, but forever. Uh-huh. Slightly above Wu Tang, and the only reason I'm putting them above Wu Tang is because, as monumental as Wu Tang was, this group was probably just as monumental, just had as much vibe, brought in a different vibe uh, sound into hip hop, but they probably sold. Well, uh, no doubt they sold better than Wu Tang, and. For the most part, 
went on to um, successful solo careers, and that's Outkast. They sold just a tick above Wu-Tang. You can't knock their albums, success, their sales, their impact in in hip-hop. I hear people coming at me, where is Tribe going to show up? I hear them. I told y'all I would put Tribe probably a tick below the groups that I'm mentioning. And if you wanted to swap out Beastie Boys and put in Tribe, if you wanted to put in De La Soul there, that's fine. I think that Outkast just probably on the sales and their their crossover because, you know, we love them, but everybody else loved them just as hard and they still stay true to themselves. Uh That's why I would put them Uh right here, right in that middle slot at number three. Listen, they got what five undisputable bangers mm-hmm. of albums. What's it? There's, there's not a comp- there's not a All conversation. Right. <laughs> Number two. Number two. Change the game. Brought in a whole nother vibe into hip hop. <laughs> Brought in the the raised the consciousness of hip hop. And made everybody take notice of how to do this thing, even though it sounded like your daddy was rapping with you, rapping to you. And that was public enemy. Boom. They are, I, I don't care what nobody says. Public enemy was the put out the as, as positive and as conscious consciousness raising as they were they put out for about three four years in a row the song of the summer that banged out in every speaker in america i know because i couldn't go any place in in philly or in new york or in jersey or in virginia without hearing rebel without a pause Every place mm-hmm. I went. And that's just the one joint. I'm not even talking about bring the noise. I ain't talking about fight the power. Public enemy change the game. Number two. I agree. I, I, I purchased public enemy albums well into the early yes. 2000s. Because like they wasn't mm-hmm. all bangers on the album, but they still had something to say, and they did it in a provocative, yes, and entertaining did. way. Yes, they did. Even when they let, even- they had an album. They had an album called mm-hmm. "Son of a Bush." <laughs> I have nothing to say. About all right, and now the number one hip hop group of all time. With all due respect to Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, with all due respect to Houdini, with all due respect to any other hip-hop group out there, with all due respect to all you other hip-hop duos out there, there was no hip-hop group 
that broke the mold, raised the game, and became the template for everything that followed and cracked the suburbs when they mixed the rock, when they brought back Aerosmith, because Aerosmith had died for a little bit. People don't forget that. They brought back Aerosmith and taught everybody how to walk this way and how at the 50th anniversary at the BET Awards, not both of them, but one of them in his 50s looked in better shape than anybody on the goddamn stage. And that was Run DMC and the late Jam Master J, the greatest hip-hop group of all time. Fight me. <laughs> I appreciate that. Appreciate that. So, my problem oh, is... You, what problem do you have with Run DMC? Listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen. I, I got no problem with Run DMC. Um... I think they did a thing. They took hip hop from the streets to the super stadium, the stadium stages. They took it around the world and mm-hmm. back again. They did a thing. And um, I feel like they did it well. But you can't have a list talking about game changers talking about Mm -hmm, trendsetters mm -hmm, mm -hmm, talking about mm -hmm, hip-hop groups mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm, broke the mold mm -hmm. without having nwa in there no i knew you were going to say nwa i knew it and hold on hold on hold on go because i'm ready i'm ready to me i think Mm-hmm. Run DMC mm-hmm. and Beastie Boys mm-hmm. were doing the same thing mm-hmm. at the same Interesting. time. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the way that you would put Tribe or De La, I'm like, it's absurd to replace Run DMC mm-hmm. with Beastie mm-hmm. Boys. Mm-hmm. But they had mm, the same impact. Mm, 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 that is, oh, God. Oh, dude, you are being so disrespectful. You are being so disrespectful to say that Run DMC. First of all, you're being disrespectful to say that any group had the impact that Run DMC had. No group had the impact that Run DMC had. I, 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 I have a hard time, like... It's no, 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 no. First of all, let me take let me take on your it's NWA. Your let me let me take on your it's NWA. Your list. So my, my problem with NWA is NWA is not doing a new thing, but they are putting what's going on in California up yes. on the main stage. Yes. On the world stage. Okay. And they go on tour mm-hmm. with public enemy. And I think they're the first rap group out there. Who are cussing? Uncle Luke is going to come along a couple years later and get in trouble for cussing. But none of these rap groups are really, I mean, like, it's a big deal when Daryl says, I'm proud to be black, goddamn. You know, like, that's a big deal. 
And then NWA comes out and they say, we are reality rap. This is, this is us reporting what we see from the street. And they get branded gangster rap. And gangster rap actually becomes what rap music is yeah, in the uh, 90s. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. You don't get, well, it's hard for me to say this, right? I don't think you get a Wu-Tang without an NWA. Ah, uh, see, I I disagree. And I and and I think Run DMC and Beastie Boys are Russell Simmons and what's his name? Um they're they're two kids they have together. And you know, people like one over the other for whatever reasons, and people like one over the other. You are being so reasons. disrespectful okay. to run DMC right now. You are being so disrespectful to run DMC. And first of all, and, and Wu Tang, I think, yeah. grows out of the the lyrical um like essence that is that is growing in in New York. Like, yes, do they mix in a little bit of that? Uh, uh, they got like a little bit of that grunge and a little bit of that, you know, fuck you attitude that NWA put out there. Sure. But Big Daddy Kane and cussing. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, but, but, but they have, like, but they have, people, but those are the lyrical dex, uh, that is the lyrical dexterity but, that, but right, forms right. that gets that you to Wu Tang. But, but you don't get to Wu Tang without NWA coming on a on the scene and saying, you know, like, here's a little something about a nigga like me. Never should have been let out the penitentiary. Like nobody is saying that from the East Coast in 1988. Uh, I don't know, man. I, 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 I oh no no I I I hear you. Nobody saying that on the East Coast. Russia is is fire. But he ain't no, especially they like saying nothing like that, and nobody. And I will say that nobody on the East Coast is saying nothing like that because the East Coast is is not is that's not necessarily their vibe. That's not their vibe. So yes, th- it becomes their vibe well, in the nineties. That's because unfortunately, that's music. Music chases because music because music <laughs> music chases what's hot, and when the NWA and I'm gonna go so I'm gonna go a step further and say. NWA is the rage in every suburban kid who's trying to rebel, who decides not to get into okay. rock music. Okay. First, first of all, my biggest thing about NWA, my big thing about NWA is that they they only that, well have yeah they only album. really only have the and, one album and and I'm I'm gonna tell you they like NWA tends to morph into ice the ice cube camp and the death row camp and they then do more and create more volume doing well, the same thing fair enough but my problem with nwa like you said they only had the one album they only had the one album because you only have i mean they, i mean they, they had four they albums four total albums, but they only they only got they only worth got one talking worth about. talking about and they the only reason that one is worth talking about is because of q right so well, well, Dre because of the music. Okay, I'll give you that because because of the music. Um, because I I I'm not a Dre lyricist fan, but uh, no, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm but, but Dre's, about, Dre's, like, Dre's Dre music and Cube Cube doing the lyrics, and I forget. I, did DLC do some writing on that album too? 
the first album? I, I yeah. So that so he it's did. it's it's Cube and DLC, um, and Dre. That gives you yes a devastating album, but everything out after that, right. even though it sells, but, but, is garbage music. So that's why I'm not I'm not going to say you, okay. if you want to put NWA in top ten of art of hip hop groups, I'll give you that. All, but they're not, saying, they're not top five. They're not top. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is if you if you were to look at the impact of Run DMC and Beastie Boys, dude, no, it's not. No, it's not. You first of all, you weren't there. You weren't there, dog. Run DMC changed the. They became the template, dude. They wrapped up. They wrapped up the Adidas and Beastie Boys. No, followed. Beastie Boys were drafting on exactly. And as much what they as Beastie doing. Boys wanted to set that template, they did not set the template that Run DMC. No, I said they they drafted. They yeah, were right but, but the, no, dude, the, the, their impact is totally different, man. The, to- the impact were, is totally Beastie different. Boy was, Beastie Boys was received different. Because they, they but the impact is different. The, the Run DMC's impact is different than Beastie Boys, and it is bigger. And it, it the Rick Rubin production style between the two of them is so samey. Everybody who bought um, Tougher Than Leather that year went and bought. Oh, the, License the, to first of all, here. nobody talks about Tougher Than Leather. Tougher Than Leather is a, is an okay album. It's not a great album. The 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 the, the what the the, the, the great. The great Run DMC albums are the first one, Raising Hell. Raising Hell is Raising Hell Raisin is, Hell. is Raisin the second one. the second one. That's a ridiculous one. Tough and the right. Lever is the is the movie soundtrack, and it's I you know it's got some cuts in it, but gotcha. okay. but but that notwithstanding, the the impact of the group is immense. Is is absolutely immense. Okay. Listen, I, I'm not, no, not no, arguing with you. You, you are arguing you, because you're saying they I'm have the same it. impact as Beastie Boys. And that you are dude, you're blaspheming right now, dog. That is blasphemous. Okay. The, I think Beastie Boys comes off the list. I'm fine. I think it's you can't look you, you you can't look at rap music and not like Put in take take Beastie list. Boys off the list. I'm still not uh, take. I'll take Beastie Boys off the list. I'm still not putting the NWA over Tribe or De La Soul. Okay. I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I, I think so. Here's what I'm gonna say: Tribe and De La Soul do a thing the NWA don't do, and I appreciate. I'm that. not even gonna put them over. But in de- but 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 mm. what Tribe and Beastie and, and and De La Soul do does not become the driving force of the music industry for the next 15 years. Mm. What NWA does, that is what becomes the driving force of the music industry. Okay, for, for the next, next 15, 15 years, years, but hip-hop is 50 years old. And, tri- and, I, think, and I think the... Yeah, the, the what, what Tribe, De La, and the Beastie Boys have done have had a lot longer legs than anything that NWA has done. NWA did write this template, but then I would say the guys that kind of took the NWA template and then ran it, uh, ran it up the flagpole and, and did more with it, they just didn't do it with as groups. To your point, Dre, Q, and maybe even on the East Coast side, you can make an argument for for Jay Z. They take what NWA does, mix it with some yeah. of the New York vibe, and ran it up the fl- yeah. uh, flagpole. But they're not groups. No, I got you. I I, I don't disagree. I might even put Salt and Pepper over NWA. 
Okay. Because everybody did what Salt Pepper did. Right. Everybody was that doing go-go rap. Go-go rap. Go-go rap yeah, album. But, 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 see, they made this respectful. You made this respectful to Salt You made this respectful to Salt Pepper. We're going to end the show. I knew it was going to end this way. We're, I knew it was going to end the controversy. You made this respectful to Salt and Pepper. I can't believe you, Mo. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wait till Toya hears this. She is going to come for your neck. You cannot be disrespectful to Salt and Pepper like that. Listen, that don't I'm sound like it, dog, pepper, man. I, I, I'm not saying anything mm, bad about you. Said that they doing what everybody saying, else do. No, you said everybody doing what, what they said. did. I said, I said they mm-hmm, came mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. scene as a girl act, and everything I've read about things I did, I wasn't there to witness. Said people had girl acts to get radio play. To sell albums when the music video game came out, and they were kind of uh, 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 gimmicky. And Queen Latifah, MC Light, Salt and Pepper, um, plenty other female MCs, I think, really broke out of that. Yes, they, they broke that mold, and they did. They did. They didn't get locked in it like. Uh, oh. I can't remember the name, the name of the, the the all female group on the Sugar Hill. Oh, name. um, you know, th- that wasn't JJ Fad because they were West Coast. No, uh, that's West Coast. But JJ Fad, JJ Fad was the first group that Easy put out. Because no, I understand that. Team. I understand it. But 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 I will you say know? I will say, and then then I got to go. I don't because I gotta I gotta I gotta go. Um, I, 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 I don't I don't, I don't think I don't I don't think light and. Latifa were gimmick were gimmicks to start. I said they broke. Yeah, out but of that the t- that implies that they were there when they came out, and I don't I don't think that neither either of them were. I think I think uh, Roxanne Shantae. Most definitely, Roxanne, they were gimmicks. They were gimmicks. Um, what's the what's the name of the group that sang "Funky Right on Up"? Oh God, I know I can't right remember who up. they are, but yeah, like. Like putting women on a, on on a microphone. That that, that yeah, was, I hear you on that. Was was a gimmicky thing, and these women got on a rap and like yeah, well, they yeah. owned it, and they killed it, and yeah, they but did I don't, their thing, but and it was amazing. But I I don't. I would venture to say that Queen Latifah wouldn't have said "Who you calling a bitch" if N.W.A. hadn't been out there talking right. about bitches. She was talking to oh, N.W.A. Well, she was talking to more than just N.W.A. I gotta go. Because because NWA had kind of I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. You have you have now hey, annoyed Lynn. me. I gotta go. <laughs> hey, hey Lynn, you're one of my uh top five uh podcast producers. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Uh be- before I Oh yes, tell people about your podcast. Before I get unceremoniously kicked off of uh, the Show Mission for the next year or so, uh, I have two podcasts coming out. Uh, one is uh, the Show Mission, Class of 1989. We, if you, we, uh, we, we like hyped that events, one up. Good, talk about your podcast. Your podcast. Check it out March 6th. If you got little people around you who love to learn and or love adventures, check out my new podcast called Bun Amigos. B-U-N-N, Amigos, A-M-I-G-O-S. And you can listen to 
Poor Rabbits as they adventure around the world, visiting different cities every week and learning about the world. Uh, this is a kid's podcast and a co-listening experience with parents where you can learn about the uh, it, uh, what, what, what's going on in Egypt if you were to visit there today. What's going on in San Francisco, um, Agra, India, and uh, lots of other cities. They're skipping my name because Vincent's. I'm mean, sorry, Lena's looking at me like he's. I am not. I'm just. Um, <laughs> I'm listening. Feel free to subscribe and rate. Uh, the podcast actually launches, I think, today, because uh, this is going out February 28th, and uh, I would love your support, missionaries. Bon amigos, so ladies and gentlemen. B u n n m. A M I G O S M I G O S. But amigos, but amigos, it, where you find podcasts. All right, Mo. All right, we. I can't wait for the. Thanks for thanks for having me, Lynn. Go get some water. I can't wait for the letters okay? on this one. Oh God. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, next week we'll be in our new studio. Um, the Michelle Mission will be in our new studio in Manny Young Studios as we will bring you our review of 2022's The Woman King. The Woman King. Next week King. here on the Michelle Mission, um, which is a podcast that you can find any place that you find podcasts, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. Go to MichelleMission.com, hit swag to check out all the cool designs that we have available for your liking and, and buying pleasure. Like and follow us on all the social medias at Michelle Mission. Subscribe on YouTube to our show at Michelle Mission, M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N. Send your emails. I know you've got them coming to Michelle Mission at gmail.com um, or if you're too passionate to uh, email, I think there a is number, indeed a voicemail. You can also leave us a voicemail, ladies and gentlemen, 215-867-9666. And tell Vincent, Len, and Mo where we went wrong with our top five lists. Um, all right. We gotta get... They're going to they're gonna be so happy to have Vincent <laughs> back next week. Vincent might call an audible and say like I'm going to do my top five why y'all should never do a show together again <laughs> well listen he might only have two that's true that's very true <laughs> Lynn and that's Mo that's together. it never, that's never it. again alright ladies and gentlemen un- until next week he's uh, Mo and I am Mama. Lynn and he's in the party and uh, we're singing that thing that uh, Vincent always says. <laughs> we'll see show. you when it's time to meet again. <laughs> <laughs>